nice to meet you. My name is Bon. And I'm Lisa. And we are strangers who are getting to know each other via podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. For the audience that can't see Bon, Bon has this amazing hat from the Lake of the Woods. Yeah, from Kenora Brewing Company. You look like you live off of Putin. <laughs> I wish I lived <laughs> off Putin. Um, I went on, this summer, I went on this like amazing road trip with my mom to Toronto. We mm-hmm. just drove there. Mm-hmm. And I was reading on Reddit, people were saying it was a really boring drive. It was like, there's just a lot of trees and rocks, it's really boring. And I was like, trees and rocks are my favorite things. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was such a cool trip. We went like up around Lake Superior and it was so incredible it was amazing I almost hit a moose Mm -hmm. that was not the highlight of the trip no but I can't believe how big the Great Lakes are I've gone past them on the train before so I took Uh the train from here to Toronto okay yeah Um, yeah so I can relate to the trees and rocks (laughs) it is beautiful it is and those rocks are so old they're some of the oldest rocks in the world actually yeah yeah and I, I miss that big ocean that used to be there inside the Great Lakes. Bring it back. <laughs> Hashtag bring back the ocean. 2019. <laughs> oh, it's coming. It is. Oh, the world's ending. Yeah, it's true. So while the world's ending, let's fall in love. <laughs> let's fall in love. I think that's, it's like that movie, Seeking seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Have you seen it? No, but I'm down. Oh, let's watch it. It's, okay. It's, a, it's with Steve Carell and Keira Knightley. No. Just, it doesn't make sense, but then it does. <laughs> It does, and it's a really good movie, and I cry every time I watch it. But anyway, let's fall in love. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, the New York Times created a list of 36 questions that are supposed to make you fall in love with somebody. Um, And in fact, they dedicated a whole website to this that has a really great mobile interface. So Yeah, I really appreciate that it has a mobile interface. Look at this. Each question comes up like on a flashcard almost. Wow, okay. So we're going to go through half the questions today, Mm -hmm. and then get back together to f- finish falling in love some other time yes first we have to do something else before though mm-hmm. we have to record an intro yes i was all sad and alone doing it by myself because no. i forgot <laughs> it's like sitting in a corner of my room recording it so what did you say like welcome to nice to meet you yeah i said hi welcome to nice to meet you i'm bond swanson and i'm lisa chatterjee and we are strangers who get to know each other via podcast. Mm-hmm. Wait, I have to do that without laughing. Via podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Okay, perfect. Now we can fall in love. Let's do it. Uh, okay. Do you want to go first or shall I? Last time we did rock, rock, paper, scissors. Let's do it again. All right. Okay. Out of tradition. (laughs) Rock, paper, scissors. Oh, Oh, you won. I actually (laughs) sniffed you too. (laughs) Does that mean that you answer the question first? Do you ask the question first? Uh, I'll ask it. Okay. Okay. First question is, if you could invite anyone in the world to dinner, who would it be? I was thinking the other day about how much I love aunties. Like not... The ones, that, the ones that I'm related to, yes, but even more just the ones that I don't really know what kind of relation they have to my family. There's these very wonderful middle-aged women who will, like, stroke my face um, <laughs> and ask me generic questions. And I really like big auntie energy. Um, oh, I feel yeah. like I... 
I know that you're supposed to answer this question by like talking about some famous person. Like uh, Albert Einstein probably gets invited to dinner all the time, <laughs> but I just want a nice auntie at my dinner for now. I love that answer. <laughs> I love that answer. Aunties are great. One time I met an auntie who was not my auntie at like a baby shower, a bridal shower, or something. Yes. It was a bridal shower, and she was from Quebec. Mm-hmm. And when we first met, I was like, hello, and shook her hand. And then as we were leaving, she was like, now we say goodbye like I do. And she kissed you on both cheeks? She, yeah, she was like, she well, she told me that I had to kiss her on both cheeks, except I didn't know how to do it because I'm all Burton. So I just, like, planted one straight on her cheek, which is not how you do it. Isn't it weird? You kiss the air while touching cheeks. Yeah. Who would you invite to dinner? My immediate thought was Julia Child, because Amazing. as we discussed Last time, I'm obsessed with Julia and Julia. Would she also cook you dinner? But that's the thing. If I'm inviting her to dinner, I'm not like, hey, would you like to have dinner with me where you cook the food? <laughs> so I can't do that. I think I would, honestly, I probably would invite Mitski to dinner because Amazing. she just seems like a dream come true. If it was a potluck, what do you think Mitski would bring? I feel like Mitski's not the type of person to actually cook a dish, but I don't know. Maybe she is. Maybe she'd just come with like a ready-made chicken or something. And I would eat it. I'm vegetarian, but I would, like, eat it. Yeah. I bet Mitski's also vegetarian. <laughs> Mitski, if you hear this, please <laughs> confirm. I feel like Mitski, in my head, is always, like, the kids in high school that were, like, seniors when I was, like, in grade 10 or whatever. Uh-huh. The theater kids. That's, like, who Mitski is in my spirit. That's a really cool answer. I hope that one day it happens somehow. One time, there was a contest where a per- one person got to go bowling with Cindy Lauper. Yes. <laughs> and I really wanted to win. I is, sadly did not. Is this why you watch videos to improve your five-pin <laughs> bowling game so you can one day impress Cindy Lauper? <laughs> if ever the opportunity comes up. But the thing is, five-pin is Canadian, so she probably would only ten-pin. I don't know. I feel like if you can ten-pin, you can five-pin. Like, if you can drive That's standard, true. you can drive an automatic. <laughs> This is another celebrity qu- that we need to address with a pressing question. <laughs> Cindy Lauper, would you five pin? I wonder what her like funny name would be in bowling. Sin. What's your funny name in bowling? I haven't bowled since I was ten, and back then it was probably like Pone, like Noob or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you haven't gone bowling since you were ten. Take me bowling. I will take you bowling. I don't know what my funny name would be. Last time, do you know what a cahoot is? Mm-hmm. Like those online quizzes. Last time my name was dilated cervix. <laughs> What's your funny bowling name? Well, recently my friends call me booty. Not like booty the butt, just like B-O-O-D-Y. Also good. So it's usually booed or booty. I don't know why I like booty so much, but I really like booty. Sometimes I make my name either little bitch or little honey. I wanted to make a tweet the other day that was my pronouns are this bitch and that bitch. <laughs> but then I was like, Twitter is going to hurt me. <laughs> I love that. I don't know if I'm allowed. <laughs> I could call you this bitch and that bitch if you want. Oh, I was going to tell you about a Mitski tweet that I read. So somebody tweeted her and said, I want to find the person who broke your heart and like beat them up or something to, to that end. Mm-hmm. And she said, most of the time I'm the one who breaks my heart. But yeah. Thank you. I was just listening to Beat the Cowboy today and there's that oh, yeah. one line and... The one song where she says that nobody fucks me like me. Mm-hmm. That's such a good line. Uh, also very sad. Nits. Nits. Do you ever feel like you're just breaking up with the world? <laughs> yeah. Especially when it feels like the world's breaking up with me in a lot of ways. It's so exhausting to, you know, 
hear reports about from the UN talking about how the world is ending and then have politicians not give a hoot. You are turning your back on me because I'm the one who's inheriting this earth. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who's going to be alive in 2100. I mean, I'll be pretty freaking old, but like, this is my lifetime, right? It is. It is. I was walking through the Strathcona neighborhood yesterday, so like, you know, all these really like charming old houses and thinking mm-hmm. about how nice it is that they're probably just full of like grandmas that carve roasts <laughs> and I was really hurt by the thought that like I might not get the opportunity to do that yeah I'll be like serving bugs to like my grandchildren <laughs> do you like an extra cricket Jimmy <laughs> extra bugs today I was talking to a friend the other day who was saying I don't know how to plan for future that I don't know exists yes I have no idea what our lives are going to be like in 25 years. Absolutely no idea. Mm-mm. And it's, like, terrifying, but also, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like our entire generation is just a bunch of nihilists. I feel like it's kind of like living in the French Revolution, uh, which is kind of exciting. It's like, yeah, why don't we Why do we have to stop there? Let's just reinvent the calendar while we're at it. And also, like, time. Who needs 24 hours when you just have 10? Do you want to know something really embarrassing? Yes. Okay, so I have a math learning disability, which is not the embarrassing part. That is apparent to anybody who's ever spoken to me and tried to get me to do math consistently i'm like trying to figure out time but like doing it on a base 10 system Uh or like trying to figure out how much money i have and doing it on a 60 system yes the worst that must be really hard though (laughs) navigating this this arbitrary world (laughs) yeah it is rough it's a rough time i'm really glad that we don't live in britain can you imagine because it's like how how many pence is it to whatever <laughs> how many penny farthings is this little ice bun <laughs> and it's so weird it's like 12 to the to the next thing and then it's like two of these <laughs> it's like right. six of whatever man there's some really cool things about you i think it's working i think there's some really cool things about you too i really enjoy <laughs> doing this because i think you're like freaking cool do you want to do the next official question we, i yes. think we've already asked each other 36 questions <laughs> I, <think we> have. <laughs> I love it <laughs> I don't know. These are, I feel like everybody's answered this at some point in their lives. Oh, yeah. Would you like to be famous? In what way? I would like to be famous in that I have done something important. In in a particular sphere? Like in academics or... Yeah, probably something like academic or something that is like makes people understand mm-hmm. something that they haven't understood before. Amazing. So maybe one day people will be like, yeah, well, by the Swanson scale, <laughs> yeah, this path only gets a four out of... 12. <laughs> I'll ask you the same question. Would you like to be famous and in what way? I think that a lot of my ideas of fame come from memoirs, which on the one hand I love and on the other hand I hate because I always feel like there's some kind of mysterious middle step between when the person was like a total loser and became very famous. There's just like, you know, the internet trope of just like putting a bunch of question marks. It's like step three and it's like question, 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 question. Uh-huh. And the next step is fame somehow. Always. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I think fame is interesting, but I have no idea how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I consume memoirs also often out of like guilt. It's like eating a whole cake like to myself or something. I'm like, I'm not getting anything out of this. <laughs> and the last one I read was Just Kids. So that's Patti Smith's memoir. And Patti Smith is, um, she's like does spoken word and music. Mm-hmm. And she's also a visual artist. And her like, the love of her life basically was this uh, famous American photographer named Robert Mapplethorpe. Maybe okay. you know some of his photos, if not. Maybe. I feel like if somebody sees him, they're like, oh yeah, I've seen him before. But mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting 
just the idea of like that you progressively know more and more artists and you're like you're making all of these like wonderful things because you're compelled to and then people like are interested in them but you're not doing it because they're interested you're doing it because you have to like mm-hmm. nah, nah, nah. Right. um i think i would like to write um partly because i i just find that that's like a natural compulsive expression for me mm-hmm. but also because i think uh being famous is kind of a a method of accountability i find i'm very much more accountable to other people than i am to myself mm-hmm. and i feel like if somebody asked me to write something i would do it <laughs> <laughs> um and i don't know art is important uh i feel like i need to make an argument for it but that's too bad you shouldn't have to because i, I wish that everybody just wanted some art in the end times <laughs> I was going to ask you, do you think that, what was that guy's name? Robert? Mapplethorpe. Mapplethorpe is Patty Smith's Breeze in the Austin Night. I don't know. They have a really interesting relationship that I think I'd like to have with somebody someday. They were never married or anything, but mm-hmm. she they were like basically both homeless in New York, and they kind of ended up living together so that they wouldn't starve. Uh-huh. Um, and then what happened was um, they eventually, it was like a romantic relationship, and then they kind of just both ended up like being with other people but still living in the same house and it was totally cool and that went on for like a long time until patty got married Mm -hmm. um and like moved out of the house but just i think it's really interesting that the foundation of your life can be um totally outside of like the the patriarchal cishet structure of (laughs) of Uh romance so maybe he was but i feel like that's something where even though i think their relationship wasn't like uh, fulfilled in the social sense there was never that um texas Reznikov, breeze in the austin night thing of like f- feeling that person is one that got away in, in some mm. ways mm-hmm. yeah do you think everybody has a breeze in their austin night yeah i would i would think that everybody has a breeze in the austin night or in their austin night but i don't know if necessarily that's always a person yes i think maybe it's a pathway that they could have taken in their life there's there's a lot of breeze in the world. There is. Yeah, and sometimes you're just walking around in a raincoat. Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? Why? I do. Just because sometimes I kind of talk slow, and I sometimes have a hard time getting across what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, I want to say. It sometimes just like comes out wrong. And then I sound like a fool. Yes. Um, so for that reason, I rehearsed what I'm going to say. But usually it all flies out the window as soon as the other person talks. Like, I got a message on my phone the other day from, like, my doctor's office. And it was like, hey, call me back. But when you call, tell the receptionist to just, like, put you on hold and message me. So I called the place and I was like, hey, I need to be on hold I was told to be on hold before this doctor, this this nurse wants me to, can you, it's just oh, like no. a disaster. And that'd be stressful enough. I feel like getting a call from your doctor, even if it's over nothing at all, I'm always like, that's it. Yeah. They found extra bones. Yeah, no kidding. I often mix up my words. Like I'll get stuck between saying like, have a nice day and have a good one. And it's mm-hmm. like, have a good nog. <laughs> Have a good nog this 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 holiday season. <laughs> I actually read a really interesting thing um, the other day about like rehearsing what you're going to say 
from do you know who Lori Anderson is? No. She's this really cool, she's like an electronic like experimental musician. She's been around like since the eighties. She's like a she's like a cool grandma. Um and in this she was talking about how like her friend asked her, she's like, Do you think when you're talking or do you kind of make a prepared statement? Mm. And then Lori's like, Oh man, I totally do that. Like you do that too. A lot of people do that. And she's like, it makes it so much harder to, to talk because you already know what you're going to say. And it makes it harder to listen because then it doesn't really matter what the other person's going to say. You've already kind of thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's scary. Yeah. I find that I rarely, I try not to do that because I don't care about what the other person's saying. But sometimes it's just so hard to not sound like an idiot to mm-hmm. the things that people say. And it's scary. It's scary to sound like an idiot. It is scary. I think to it's the reason like why you rehearse what you're going to say. When I'm, like, speaking to people, I never rehearse what I'm going to say, which is probably into a, is probably a detriment because I say foolish things all the time. I think that the notion of, like, foolishness for a large part comes from the idea that, like, people's time is limited and they don't have time for you to have a really good conversation. Because I think that if you just made a transcript, well, maybe this podcast is actually a good example, but if you made a transcript of just, like, a conversation between people, a lot mm-hmm. of it would probably be redundant and, like, unoriginal. But it doesn't really matter because... When you're with your friends, it's you. You can repeat things. Um, or you don't have to make a good point. Really, mm-hmm. you have the opportunity to go back to it. Um, but so much of the world is just full of strangers at the other end of a telephone. Do you make a? Do you think about what you're gonna say before you make a telephone Sometimes call? Sometimes in a foreign language, especially because I'm like, if mm. I if I don't, I'm gonna put a B where there's not supposed to. Like, just the letters are gonna come out wrong or whatever. Right. Um, but the phones actually played a really big role in my life, I find, because, like, I grew up, most of my family's overseas, uh-huh. um, so, like, talk, we talk on the phone a lot, and that's, like, the base of our relationship. Um, I have now, like, I have friends, I've had partners in the past that lived in different places, so you know, talking on the phone is, like, the primary way of communicating with them, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate, though, getting, like, voice messages from people. Mm-hmm. Me like, too. I like it when you do that, some little clips. <laughs> <laughs> what would constitute a perfect day for you? How? I don't move as much as I should. Um, so perfect day would have some exercise. My favorite parts of the day are I think the morning and the evening. So I think mm-hmm. that like doing something nice in the early part of the day uh, would be great. And then also like I don't know, going out for the evening or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Where would you go? I like the sound of people like moving around. And I like restaurants not so much because of the food, but just because there's like glasses clinking and people like laughing and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um that'd be nice uh and I think I really like ending the day just like doing comfort things like I love giving people back rubs it doesn't even matter who it is but mm-hmm. if I can come home and give somebody a back rub or like get into bed perfect that's uh, really sweet I don't know what the middle of my day is um I honestly don't mind working like I think you kind of have to come to terms with sometimes that the best days of your life can like happen on a Wednesday or a Thursday so I wouldn't mind maybe it is perfect just to like sit and I don't know top away your assignment but also, maybe it'd be nice to go to a bookstore or a park. I really like sunrises because I feel like if you're up early enough to see the sunrise, it's like you're sharing it with just the people who are also up to see the sunrise. That's so beautiful. And it's usually, it's, it's sometimes it's not as nice. I don't know what that's about, but I don't know. There's just something ethereal about being awake in the morning. Yeah. A couple summers ago, I had a job it started at six in the morning so I was up at four and I would drive there and the sun rises at like five in the summer yeah and yeah so there'd be like nobody awake except me and just a few other cars and I felt like I was part of something bigger yes kind of a I don't know 
it's kind of a spiritual experience in a lot of ways. So I would wake up early to see the sunrise. And then I think that I'd go on like a walk to the river valley. I really want to go down to the river valley and find remnants of the people who used to live down there. Yeah. Have you heard about like finding like wild asparagus and wild onions because like people had gardens? Yes. Isn't that cool? I love that. Yeah. A few years ago, I worked at this uh, river park in Quebec okay. that used to be home to a lot of people's summer houses. And mm-hmm. so you can still find little pieces of china um, and yeah garden beds oh cool yeah all around the park when i lived in the south there was a place that my parents would take me every once in a while and it was it must have been from the early 1900s but it had been abandoned Mm -hmm. and it was almost like the people just like up and left wow just that day there was old books just like scattered around we we didn't ever really go inside because it was probably structurally unsafe but there was like furniture literally looked like a family had just you know got in their wagon and gone away no way. and you could see like it was really interesting because it was kind of on a hill and then you could look down at the town that was close by and you just I don't know you can just imagine going back in time and kind of seeing what their life would have been like and it must have kind of been bleak because living on the bald prairie with like no electricity or water must have been real rough it was really cool because the, they didn't have a door mm-hmm. and then from the door there's just like books and tattered pages that like spewed out of it like it like screamed and all the books came out i love ghost towns and the west is full of them like i grew up yeah. going to garnet montana oh yeah and it was kind of the same thing like bed frames and whatever and uh teacups and stuff oh wow yeah somewhere in alberta there's a town that's underwater they oh yeah scuba dive amazing yeah there's a lot of those in russia too and oh, yeah. people were given like no notice because there's a lot of um like hydro electricity powers a lot of russia mm-hmm. in order to do that they had to build all these artificial dams and so like just like dozens of villages would just be inundated it's like okay wow the government would move people of course but it it's hard when somebody else is in charge of your life yeah no kidding is there anything else in your perfect day oh yeah so i would go down to the river valley and then um do you know where the Victoria Promenade is? I love the Victoria Promenade so much. Do you know where Ezio Ferrone Park is? Yes. Oh my god, I love Ezio Ferrone Park. Yes. I would probably go there to watch the sunrise and then walk back to my apartment and like go along the Victoria Promenade and then up 124th Street and then go to Donut Party. Yes. And then back to my house where all my friends would be and then we'd eat the donuts together and then we'd have a fun day in the sun. Like we'd go to the farmer's market or something and then at night we'd go to a rooftop patio and just have drinks and talk that would be my perfect day i think that you imagine happiness much better than i do <laughs> i love your perfect day um it makes a lot me... of just eating food <laughs> the perfect days are, i think are like that mm-hmm. really ah i think the closest thing i've had in my life is this one time i bought sunflowers for my friend uh, and i tied them to the back of my bike and i like biked them over to her <laughs> then we like sat and ate danishes together wow yeah that sounds so cinematic <laughs> you're a protagonist in your day no wow just a sunflowers and bike very lucky <laughs> very lucky that's really sweet i really like that answer okay when did you last sing to yourself or to someone else i'm always singing especially when nobody else is around mm-hmm. um but <laughs> this is uh the the, the dumb answer 
in nursing school, we all have like clinical assignments. So mm-hmm. we all um, are like scattered in different community agencies throughout the city. And uh, one of the people in my group, his name is Greg. He's so much fun, but he and I for some reason have this uh, weird thing for the song Stacy's Mom. Okay, and yeah. we're always singing it to each other. <laughs> so yesterday we definitely sang about how Stacy's mom has got it going on. <laughs> That's great. What about you? Well, first of all, do you know that song by Fountains of Wayne called Hey Julie? I think it's called Hey Julie. No. It's adorable. You should listen to it. It's like, hey Julie, look what they're doing. It's just like about being in love with your partner, but having to go to work and being apart from them. Yes. It's just like the most adorable song. I love it. Well, I guess that the last person I sang to was you. Yes, and you sang me right Hey now. Julie. I, should, I love that vibe in songs. I heard a Loudon Wainwright song the other day about how like, it's like addressed to his children but about how great their mom is oh yeah yeah she's like well i knew her first and she's better than you'll ever be (laughs) (laughs) weird flex (laughs) weird weird flex but okay um but other than just right now i also just am constantly singing just Mm -hmm. constantly so the last time i sang was this morning i'm i'm one of those horrible people that is like they sing in public mm-hmm. not like loudly i'll just like hum to myself or this morning i was alone at the bus stop so i was just like singing a little song and then i was thinking that the people on the bus must think that i'm just like talking to myself really slowly but i wasn't i was singing a song so i just stopped pretended it never happened and got on the bus you sing in public um, <laughs> i support oh i will <laughs> If you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or the body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which one would you want? I have answered this question before, and for some reason, the people who asked me the question thought that my answer was really, like, it was like a content, it was like a controversial answer. Okay. But I would prefer to keep my body. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. But you tell me why you would keep yours. Just because I don't, we were kind of talking about this before, but I don't want to be in a situation where I cannot care for myself. Yeah. That is scary. And also, this is kind of sad, but I watched my grandmother die in a really horrible way. She also had dementia, so she wasn't entirely, like, aware of it happening, especially in the last, like, couple months of her life. It's really hard to communicate with people with dementia. Mm-hmm. I haven't... Like, I see them sometimes because people who are old just get sick in a lot of ways but it's hard because there's like the idea of the therapeutic lie and like going along with people wondering where somebody is and telling them like oh they just stepped out or whatever but apparently it's also really beneficial not to lie to that person because people with dementia they process things not on the level of facts but on the levels of emotions so usually when they ask them somebody else it just means that they're super attached to that person or like they're they're remembering them but they don't really understand how that works on the level of facts Mm. but usually if you it's hard to negotiate with people with dementia also Mm-hmm. But when you do, eventually they'll usually accept it and then they can move on from that emotion from being fixated on missing somebody right. to like grieving over them or whatever. That makes a lot of sense. I remember my aunt is a doctor and my granny would ask where my papa was mm-hmm. and she would just say like, oh, he's, he's dead. You know, he died. I try not to lie as much as possible because, I don't know, I just want to live my life in a way where I'm just being upfront and honest and as genuine as I can possibly be because I don't think that there's anything else that's more important mm-hmm. than just genuine human connection. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I, try, I try to live my life that way and a lot of that is kind of because of watching my granny be like that just because yeah. she was so frank Yeah, and I, I liked it so much. 
It is. It's so important. Uh, mm-hmm. And I struggle with that because I just find it so easy to lie because I have a good imagination. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it's why. And also because I have some kind of like a... I have this like weird contempt for people sometimes that I feel really bad about. But uh-huh. those are, you know, telling the truth to those people is kind of a sign of respect. Um, but I would also want to keep my body. Um, first of all, because I think that the people that don't, um, you know, don't get dementia or whatever, they have such an interesting way of seeing the world. Even people that have a really interesting way of seeing the world, but mm-hmm. I think it'd be interesting to be a nine-year-old with a three-year-old's body. Also because we just need our bodies to do so many things. Apparently, the muscles of a healthy 25-year-old are no different from the muscles of a healthy, like, 80-year-old. Really? Mm-hmm. It's everything else that starts sagging. <laughs> do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Wait, hang on. What is it? I, I wonder if somebody booked this room. Oh, do you think so? We'll find out. Sorry, we will move. I didn't realize that. Oh, no problem. Alright. Okay. That was another technical difficulty. So are both of us recording now or yes. neither of us? We're both recording. Amazing. <laughs> okay, so let's... Do you want to do a little recap of what we just talked about? Okay. Yeah. Lisa has great eyebrows. We got kicked out of the room we were in because we didn't book the room. Uh, we got through six of our intended 18 questions because uh, we just love to talk. We're verbose individuals and Lisa brought me a cookie and I dropped it while we were like hustling out of that room so we're gonna go get more cookies now to replace those but honestly I could just listen to you talk well we can talk more while we get cookies great take care everybody I hope you'll come back and listen to us fall in love some more me too Lisa it's very nice to meet you nice to meet you too bud thanks for listening to episode two of nice to meet you Lisa and I are really enjoying getting to know each other, and I hope you're enjoying getting to know us too. Thanks for your patience while we learn the ropes. We're hoping to make the podcast available on sites other than SoundCloud soon. I just gotta figure out how to do that first. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I've put a link to our page in the description. I would tell you what it is, but it's a random string of numbers, and I don't know how to fix it. I'm gonna get Lisa on that one, though. If you have any questions you'd like us to answer or comments, or you just want to say hello, you can get a hold of us at nice-to-meet-you-podcast at gmail.com. Finally, thanks to Lisa. You're quickly becoming one of my favorite people. Talk soon.